That's odd. I have clicked the play button. Are we there? <laughs> we are there. I could have used an adult hey. beverage. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Hi. We've recorded. Uh, I'm Daniel. I'm Patrick. I'm Carrie. I'm Grandpa. Hi, Grandpa. <laughs> and welcome to the 1967 Academy Awards. This is If I Ran the Oscars, where we look at one film from each year that the Oscars was on TV. We take a look at what it won an award for. Mom opens a Snickers bar very far away from the microphone. Because it's uh, Halloween and I'm ha- eating the candy. It is Halloween. We did not watch a spooky movie for Halloween. It did not line up that way. This was a spooky movie. <laughs> well, not in the traditional sense. There was a full moon. There was a full moon. You're right. It was terrifying. I was uh, screaming. And there was screaming. There was a lot of screaming. Never mind. I stand corrected. Uh, we take a look at what it was. And there was a, a witch? I mean, yes. Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. With warts? You, want me, you always want me to if we are talking about nimbly dodging movies. This is the second and, as of this year, most recent film to be nominated for every category that is eligible. This film was? Now, it didn't have a special effects guy, so it wasn't eligible for the special effects. didn't have a special sound editor, because it was all just whatever the microphone Mm -hmm. had. So there were things it wasn't... It didn't have, like, an original song, so it wasn't eligible for the song category. But in every category it was eligible, it was nominated. Wow. The first film that did that was Cimarron in 1931, Mm -hmm. and then this film did it, and no other film since. This This felt like a film... Art for art's sake. This felt like a film that was made that made all of the Hollywood people happy. I, you would not be wrong. This is also because <laughs> I'm not a Hollywood yeah. person. This is also the first film. It doesn't say how many have done it, but the first film to receive an acting nomination for every credited cast member because there were four people credited in this movie: a lead actor, a, a lead actress, a supporting actor, and a supporting actress. They covered all of their bases beautifully. Wow. No argument with that. So, Mom might like to have some opinions here before I start telling you about people. Okay, Dan's being nice because I was whining because he usually doesn't let me spout off right away until he's nerded out about the film that we've just watched. This was was a hard one to watch. It was. I, I really don't like movies in which the husband and wife yell at each other. That just bothers me. They did that a little bit. And they did that... A lot. Oh, my goodness. It was the main plot of the film. My husband is being sarcastic. It was... and It's not entertaining to me. It did get a little long. It did. You have to admit it. Right. At least in that regard. And the movie... unreal. And it seemed that they... At times, it seemed like they enjoyed the fighting. Yeah. But then one of the two would take it too far and then it stopped being enjoyable. But then they would sit down, they would calm down, and then go, Oh right, we enjoy fighting and start back up again. That this was the basis for their like. relationship. Yeah. And it was who can be the worst. Who can be the best at it? Who is the best at being horrible? And that was the plot. And it's unfortunately very nice to have a nice simple plot like that to follow in a movie. <laughs> It was pretty simple in that regard. But it did, but there were things, the things that did make it interesting, and Dan pointed out this was similar to a Woody Allen movie that we watched. For a previous podcast. Previous podcast, which we, we said, oh, Ick, please don't ever make us watch that again. Uh-oh. Wait a minute, we're, let's put a pause while Grandpa's answering his phone. Pause. So you said one of three movies nominated for all of the available? Two. One of two films? Yes. Wow. 
That's pretty amazing. All right. But this right. was really art for art's sake. Movies. This one was, and the reason why is is getting into nerding out a little bit because I have a small bit of do you remember what we've watched trivia? Oh wait, because okay. we were talking about Woody Allen before Grandpa goes. Yeah, we're talking about Woody now Allen and how we didn't like that movie because that movie was about two aging couples and their deteriorating marriage, mm-hmm. and this one was about only one couple and their deteriorating marriage. Mm-hmm. Although they really well, tried hard to get the, to wreck the marriage of the young couple they were with. Oh yeah, that seemed like part of their <laughs> game was. This wasn't a deteriorating marriage. This was just a day in the life of. Yeah, yeah day in the life of. Mm-hmm. But. I want you to think back. Grandpa can think back some, but you can, Mom and Dad can think back farther because they've been here since day one. You're giving me a lot of credit. Thank you. No problem. Have you heard anyone in any movie we've watched for this podcast say "son of a bitch"? Ooh. Well, I have. In tonight, tonight you are correct. Right, but not in a different movie. Not in a different movie, and that is because I have facts for you. Facts. Right, but well, we've watched some other. Let's just say movies with a lot stronger language than this. Yeah, but they were more modern. True. Because of the motion picture production code. Right. In place from 1934 to 1968. We talked about the code last... No, Oh, no. It was... We were, we were watching Mae West on American Masters. Yes. And that's what killed her career was the code mm-hmm. in 1934. Mm-hmm. And then she took her show to Vegas. Uh, it was adopted in 1930 and was be- rigidly enforced in 1934. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It spelled out what was acceptable and what was unacceptable content for motion picture pictures produced for a public audience in the United States. Right. So, for example, number one with a bullet, pointed profanity by either title or lip. This includes the words God, Lord, Jesus, Christ, unless they be used reverently. Hell, S-O-B, damn, G-A-W-D, G-A-W-D, and every other profane and vulgar expression, however it may be spelled. They, and this movie had, for Christ's sake, Yeah? used the word, they, um... He said angel boobs. He said angel boobs. <laughs> he said monkey nipples. Yeah? I find it very hard to get away from the son of a bitch is just about as bad as you get. Yeah? So, the listed examples of words used in... This film on the Wikipedia are Goddamn, Son of a Bitch, Screw You, Up Yours, Monkey Nibbles, and Hump the Hostess. Mm -hmm. Those were all in the play. Okay. And the play Mm -hmm. opened during the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. Sure. And so people went to the theater and were like, oh, let's go watch a nice, calm play. <laughs> they thought that? Well, yeah, because there was a Cuban Missile Crisis happening, and they were like, "I oh, don't want to think about a Cuban Missile Crisis. I'm going to go to a nice, calm play, and we're going to open this play. And what's going on? These people are screaming at each other, and they're using terrible words. Hmm. Bec- and so the th- audiences and then critics said this play is a great success on Broadway because it's shocking and it's artsy and it's Which amazing. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah." And you can never film it because of the movie standards. Because of the language. Theater didn't have those standards necessarily. Mm-hmm. People just didn't do it as much. But in film, definitely couldn't do it. And the film standards last until 68. This movie came out in 66. It pushed the boundaries right up. It was probably instrumental in getting rid of those. But basically at the time, Hollywood was already starting to ignore those guidelines. So, but they... they... 
played it at the theater. Mm-hmm. So they didn't follow the guidelines. So there were probably some the theaters idea? that wouldn't show it because they would, would be, no, yeah. family friendly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking there, there was definitely something here on I. Uh, here some means people, his phone, people. Yeah, I apologize. I am looking. <laughs> it really, it really wasn't a family friendly film. There, you have to admit. You don't want to watch this with so, your ten year olds. I the MPA. The motion, motion pic- picture advisory something. Motion, pi- motion picture association of America at okay. the time, and now is just the MPA, I believe. Uh, the guy who had just become president had abolished the production code, basically. So in '68, it was still kind of around, but it wasn't the law enforced. Yeah, mm-hmm. for the approval of things. Uh, so they had, they did have to take some things out of it still to get it to be released, but. It was right there when... Right at the edge. Yeah, right at the edge. Well, just like the Disney Plus version, the filmed version of Hamilton, mm-hmm. they had to take out the Effenheimer yeah. from the show. They took it out of this film, too. Because they couldn't have the Effenheimer and have it be a Disney film. So, as filming began, the Catholic Legion of Motion Pictures, sure. formerly the Catholic Legion of Decency... Okay, Sure. Issued a report that if what they heard is true, aka we're not changing the words, they would have to issue it the dreaded condemned rating, though they said they would watch it for. At the time, before things were abolished, the MPAA said, without waiting to see it, if they were truly going to keep all the wording, they would not get approved, hmm. which is even worse than being given, uh, given a high rating. Which means you, if it's not approved, you can't show it at theaters. So, yeah, that was interesting. And this was before there were, you know, the G, PG, mm-hmm. PG-13. They didn't have ratings like that at this time. No, they didn't. It was, just it was either you... approved or not. Yeah. And, it, of course, it was because we were all seeing it. Sure. But... Do you think it had to do with the fact that, that Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton were the leads? You know, and they were well-established people. You beat me to it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's entirely yeah. possible. I was wondering yeah. if a married couple doing the, you know, this. They were married at the time. Yes, they were. And uh, I would almost bet that scenario came up mm-hmm. during production, pre-production. Well, and the fact that they were really well-established, well-known, well-respected oh, mm-hmm. for their craft. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which transitions us nicely into who are the four people who are in this movie. Oh, see? I, yeah. See, this is unscripted yep. people. We can still I, do it. Elizabeth Taylor is, in fact, Dame Elizabeth Taylor. She has the DBE. I didn't realize she was born in... Mm-hmm. I, that's an, another Academy Award fact uh, from this year. All of the Best Actress nominees were born outside of the United States. Mm. First time that ever happened. Mm. Uh, the first uh, acting role that she had was in a film in 1942 as a minor role. However, National she was in Velvet. National Velvet. Yeah. That was not I her was first that was not her first years movie. earlier. I was sick all night. Okay. She yeah. was then in Father of the Bride, Place of the Sun, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Suddenly Last Summer, Butterfield 8, uh, which was her last film for MGM, uh, and she got an Academy Award for that one. During the production of Cleopatra, she started having an affair with Richard Burton. And they were both married at the time. And then yeah. got... To somebody yeah. else. And then got divorced. They each got divorced and then were married to each other in 1964. So, and, two years prior yeah. to this At film. which point, they starred in 11 films together. Well, we have watched 
at least one of uh, them. The, uh, besides this one, it's over on the shelf. It, the, it's it, the taming of the it's shrew. It's the taming of the shrew, which is which I, came out next year. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're a little bit old to be playing the parts, mm-hmm. but uh, well, the chemistry yeah, is excellent. They divorced in 1974. Yeah. Because she had to get married a bunch more times. They then got back together in 1975. <laughs> yeah. They then divorced in 1976. <laughs> uh, she married seven different guys. I told you she had to get married some more times. I by the mid 70s she was think, focusing um, on supporting the career of her sixth husband, U.S. Senator John Warner. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Burton was her fourth and fifth. Sounds about right. No, I don't. Uh, like she's the first celebrity to launch a perfume brand. One of the first celebrities to take part in HIV/AIDS activism. Co-founded the American Foundation for AIDS Research. Uh, she had to do something with her money. Yeah, she did a lot of stuff. Yeah. She's on a lot of people's lists of like best female actresses ever. Well, my thought, because I have seen her as a child actress, and I've seen, of course, Taming, but I think that. My, what was my comment when this movie first started and they are just at each other's throats? Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, this is, is this just her? She she can play this kind of part so well. Is it, this is really her personality? She's not I, really acting? She, that's just her? I don't think so. Because she, she had the, like, the whole Jet Set lifestyle and was definitely mm-hmm. in the media all the time. I don't think you could get away with that if this was your personality all the time. If you were screaming B all the time? Yeah. Uh, Richard Burton, less glamorous of a lifestyle, I would say. I mm-hmm. uh, a critic he, called him the natural successor to Olivier. He, I think so. Maybe even better. Uh huh. He was a thespian. He was. He's been in less things, but he has BAFTAs, Golden Globes, and Tonys. Yeah. Also, no Oscars for this guy. Richard Burton has never gotten an Oscar. Seven nominations. Wow. Yep. That's unfortunate. Somebody up there didn't like him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and. And maybe, yeah, who knows? Uh, guy number two in this movie, George Seagal. Mm-hmm. He's been in some things. He's been around a long His, uh, I think he goes by the pronunciation Seagal as Siegel? opposed to Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. Seagal, all right. They're yeah. spelled the same, but they are they pronounced are. differently. Uh, he's got two Golden Globes. Uh, he's best known for a couple of TV roles. For sure. Yeah. Hmm. I. Like, he's known for this flirting with disaster in 1996. He is currently acting in a TV show, and, and not dead. One of the first American film actors to rise to leading man status with an unchanged Jewish surname. Thus helping pave the way for some small-time people you may have heard of named Dustin Hoffman and Barbara Streisand. Oh, well. Huh. With, with Jewish last names that people are okay with instead of People who before changed their name. I think Siegel spends, spelled more Germanic, German, German, uh, Jewish. S i e g i e l or S i e g l. Siegel, yeah. That that he would that he would change. I think. Yeah, I don't know, but he. Well, it, it's well, not listed as having changed. Maybe his parents yeah. changed it when they came yeah. over. <clears throat> he did a lot of work. He did. He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. Lot to be said for. And Lady Two is Sandy Dennis. She got the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for this film. Wow. Yeah. I think she did a good job. Her final film appearance was in 1991. Mm. Uh, She got a Tony for A Thousand Clowns for Best Featured Actress in a Play, and then in the play Any Wednesday, she got the Tony Award for Best Actress in a Play at all. 
she was a stray cat activist, and at the time of her death, she had 20 cats. <laughs> All right, then. Wow. Okay. All right. I I do actually want to touch on the director, because this film did win, did get nominated for everything. Okay. Okay. So every person who partook in this movie is worth talking about. And this is especially true of Mike Nichols, who mm-hmm. changed his last name. He was Peshkowski. Mikhail Peshkowski. Wow. I... Uh, he began his career with a comedy improv troupe, the predecessor of the Second City in Chicago. Wow. He teamed up to make a, a live improv act on Broadway, and the first of their three albums won a Grammy. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, they disbanded in 61. He began directing plays. His Broadway directing debut was Neil Simon's Barefoot in the Park. Wow. With Robert Redford. He directed... Okay, how did he get gigs like that? He directed did he know The people? Odd Couple? He must have. Well, look at the some of the stuff he did directing. He received a Tony Award wow. for Barefoot in the Park in 63, mm-hmm. Love in 64, Odd Couple in 65, and in 2012, he got his sixth Tony for directing with the revival of Death of a Salesman. Yes. And you look at the things on his credits list. The Graduate, yep. Catch-22... We might so, be watching Charlie, this. Charlie Wilson's War in 2007. Biloxi Blues. We might be watching some of these. The Birdcage. Yep. He has, I mean, some things that... I mean, I've seen some of those yeah. movies. He has <laughs> like quite a, a few Grammy, four Emmys, nine Tonys, three BAFTAs. He's done wow. a bunch of them. He also acts in capacity. Uh, is this the Mike Nichols the team with Elaine May? Yes. It is. Yes, it is. Well, there's another whole dimension. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How does he have time to sleep? I'm just wondering that scene. <laughs> we're, we're really thinking alike to me. Oh, he directed Uncle Vanya in 1973. Oh my goodness. He did some stuff. Boy, howdy. And because we have to keep talking about more people, Alex North, who did the music. Alex North, who did the music. Alex North, who did the music. I. Uh, he also scored A Streetcar Named Desire, Viva Zapata, Spartacus, and Cleopatra. Mm. First composer to win an honorary Oscar, but never a competitive one, despite 14 nominations. Wow. The music in this film was not, there was not a lot of it, but when it was there, it did good work. Mm Mm-hmm. The reason I sat here listening to the end of it is because I was impressed with the uh, exit music. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to the guitar player with his, with his, it was very good, I thought, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know if I went along with the movie or if this was something added on. It, it was it was almost certainly part of the movie when it was first released. I was thinking back, uh, you know, when, when I was a kid anyway, I went to a lot of movies. There was always m- uh, music at the end of the movie and they'd show all the, you know, never remember being impressed with exit music like I was with this one. Yeah. Exit music doesn't usually make the DVDs. No. And this, for you people that are listening... The film actually had in block letters the words exit music, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. It said exit music. Oh, yeah. And then this music played. Mm-hmm. Where oh, now yeah. in our for modern movies, you know, the credits roll on for several minutes mm-hmm. in most movies. You know, they're crediting everyone. And multiple songs and, at the end and of the And the babies and there's multiple songs mm-hmm. and sometimes there's a stinger at the end and so And there were zero credits at the end of this movie. Well there was barely any at the start of the movie because only know. five people worked on it. I know right. it was the right. usual amount at the beginning with some of the mm-hmm. above the line yeah. announcements so, I was and wondering that was it. The reason I asked about whether it was originally in here is because I wonder if he if that was part of the deal. They played that to make you sit there for a few minutes and think. Mm-hmm. 
You needed to think at that. I would not be surprised. That's a good way to look at it. Psychologically, we needed some uh, transition time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have one more good fact about the movie before we talk about what it was about. So at the beginning, in the first scene, uh, Martha is talking about Betty Davis and quotes a line from a film that Betty Davis was in, Beyond the Forest. This place is such it's what a, a dump. dump. It's what a dump. They originally wanted to cast Betty Davis in this as Martha. Hmm. And they thought it would be hilarious for her to do a Betty Davis impression. Oh, Betty Davis to be doing Betty Davis. Yes. However, they they were afraid that uh, audiences would grow weary of watching two hours of screaming between a harridan and a wimp because they were considering James Mason to be across from her. And he's... A guy, a I yeah, like it's probably wouldn't have been a bad movie, but uh, no. Also, but I think they needed these heavy hitters with chemistry. Also, uh, Harridan is a vicious and scolding woman, especially an older one. No, well, well, okay. well and I think that, add something, but I don't yeah, <laughs> I think that Liz Taylor plays that part really well. She does. Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton did a very good job. I uh, the director. Uh, still not the director, the guy who wrote the play, mm-hmm. Edward Albee, thought that if they had used Mason and Davis, it would have been a less flashy, but ultimately deeper film. Yeah, which I, I think wouldn't have won as many awards. I doubt that. Yeah, he's entitled to his opinion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. After all, he wrote yeah. it. That's right. Also, Elizabeth Taylor put on 30 pounds for this film. Wow. Mm. I wondered about Because she was a little hippie. Yeah. She was a little hipsy. Hmm. I just thought it was costuming. Nope. That was her. Wow. Oh. <laughs> huh. She looked pretty good no matter where she was. I mean, yeah, that's Elizabeth Taylor for you. All right, so this movie, it's a thing. It's a thing. If you you like to have a movie that makes you think a little bit, this is probably the old school version of Inception. No, no, no. no. But I don't know. But in the in the way that you you think you know where it's going, Mm -hmm. and you think you know what they're talking about, and then. And then it turns it around, mm-hmm. or that it comes yeah. back to it, and it cycles back through again in that way. Mm-hmm. My example at mm-hmm. that point would be The Prestige instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a movie that has like seven plot twists, and every time they do one, mm-hmm. it makes you think back to about 15 minutes ago and go, oh, oh I get it now. Yeah. And then later, there's another twist, and you go, oh, wait, no, now I get it. I don't think I ever got it in this film. I didn't. See, and I think that's yeah, part of it is that you're not, not ever really quite they sure did, if you did get it. And they did leave you at the end with a lot of, I mean, even yeah. their, okay. even the ending yeah. dialogue was, was almost like shorthand. Apparently the play you was know? more clear about the ending and what mm-hmm. they actually meant at the end. Mm-hmm. But it, there were definitely points where I wasn't sure if they had started being serious or stopped being serious. We don't know. Yeah. Was it all mental illness, or is or was this uh, mean spirited? Yeah, we don't know. Still, I don't. I have no idea. Again, I do think it had like a single overall idea that the entire thing was going around, which is an improvement over some movies we've seen. Mm-hmm. So that part is good. It didn't have you know a battle to defeat the ultimate evil type of plot, but it was definitely a single thing. There were no helicopter explosions. It was, it was, there were very strange, um, I thought very strange actions by the characters. Oh yeah. And, and you think, heck, where are they going with this? 
why are they doing this? And that yeah. those sorts of thoughts I was having is, you know, why why are we taking, you know, five or six minutes to do what they're doing mm-hmm. on the screen? Let me make a confession. I am I will apologize and I'm sorry <laughs> for making the remark about very forgettable. Yeah? yeah. I must have I must have watched it late at night, which I did with a lot of movies by myself, probably falling asleep and I I didn't fall asleep on this one. Yeah. 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 Well they kept you going. Because all of a sudden there'd be a twist and you go, what? Yeah. No, wait. All of a sudden there was an interpretive dance. Yeah. Well, that's true. There and was an a, And dance. a young woman clapping and yelling violence. <laughs> <laughs> As if to encourage the violence. Yeah. I, it, I'm starting to pick up on when a movie is based on a play versus when it's based on a book or original thing. Because this one definitely felt like someone was filming a play at some yeah. Just the way that dialogue was going or people were standing in the room. It was how wow. you'd stand if you were in a play. And it was mostly in in, in a stage set of some sort. Yeah. You know, it was indoors in a, in well, a studio. And, you know, in theater, in theater, you can get by with this. And <clears throat> it's not the same if you have to leave it out. In films, the way you don't know it, you did. I mean, I remember the first time I heard uh, Goddamn, I was like 12 years old or so, and we, maybe not 15 maybe, and we were at a, uh, a summer theater thing, and the guy gets up and he says about, in 15 different ways, he says, God damn standard oil, you know? And that was a long time ago. Shocking. In the 40s. Yeah. Pretty shocking. You never get by with it in the films. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah so, general consensus of film quality is, it could be good if this is your thing. Mm-hmm. This is not one that goes into your favorite movie rotation, slap it in when we're bored. It's no. not that kind of entertainment. No. no, it's a different kind of entertainment. Uh, but we're not here to talk about whether the movie is good or not, because we did not roll Best Picture this time. What got we Best rolled, Picture? I uh, what got what did get Best Picture? I have to switch to the picture. correct. I have to switch to the correct tab. I had that open. Um, I don't remember. I do have it open. Uh, a Man for All Seasons. I don't know that I've seen that. I do not remember because we didn't watch that once. And uh, huh. Best Actor for the year was Paul Scofield for that movie. So, we are talking about Best Cinematography is the award that we randomly rolled for Black and White, mm-hmm. obviously. So, did it, it won for that? That is what, yes, That is did. one of the things it won for. It won for five things. Wow. So, there were some parts where they did... I Very specifically, there was one, I think it was closer to the end of the movie, where Elizabeth Taylor's on the right side of the screen, mm-hmm. and she is like well-framed on the right third... And Richard Burton is blocking off the other two thirds, and it's just really nicely lined up. And I don't think that was all of it, because I mean you can't just win on one shot alone. But yeah. well, it's like the it's like the shot I thought was well done, where they were they were at the the lounge or whatever mm-hmm. dance club. dancing the dance club, and they were having a conversation, some dialogue between them, walked through to the kitchen. The kitchen door closed, and you were—they were still being filmed through the fish hole. Yeah, the round hole in the door, and you were still hearing their dialogue. And they walked away, and and you were—they st- were still filming through the fish through hole. the tiny yeah. window that that of course shrunk because you were going at an angle. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was—I mean that kind of stuff. There were little things like that that you just yeah. kind of thought. Oh, there were a lot of intelligent different. uses of camera, not necessarily inventive, but mm-hmm. just. Putting the camera in the right place, yeah, to let you see things. And there were long shots in the house where there were people moving around, and you had to catch everybody. So 
I think it would ha- you'd have to necessarily probably look at the other black and white films to mm-hmm. be certain. But I have one, I said I had only one piece of trivia, but I have one more, and this is probably the most important piece of trivia. What? This is the last year of black and white. Oh. After this, they were they were not enough, and so the black and white category it just it just became yeah. just became just cinematography became cinematography. And there were a year or two in there where there just weren't enough black and white films that year. Oh. But from this after this, they do not consider black and white a separate category. Ah. So I think this year, if I had to guess, the reason why it got so many is because. There just weren't enough black and white films for any for there to be more than okay, say five one. that docked your socks off. Mm. Sure, sure, sure. So it got three for the black and white category. It got all of the production black and white and film right. categories. Right, yeah. costume, That's cinematography, and art direction. Mm-hmm. It won for all three of those. Interesting sixties. Uh-huh. Yep. And like I've not heard of the other ones on those. Now, granted. I've not heard of many of the of any of the films from this year. That's because you were not born yet. Yeah, but I've I've had some years where it's like, oh, I know this one and this one and this sure. one. I've heard of the Fortune Cookie, Georgie Girl, and these are other black and whites mm-hmm. that, that were seconds is Paris is burning. Paris burning. I've heard of that one. Oh, seconds. I've had, not seconds. These. The cinematography was James Wong Howe. We've heard of him. We have, we have in fact. I uh, so. I, I mean, it wasn't bad cinematography. Mm-hmm. And I would mm-hmm. believe that in this year it was the best black and white. I, extra category one, best director. Well, we know it was nominated. It did not win because that was Fred Zinneman for A Man for All Seasons. Mm. But yeah. I do think it was well directed. Yeah, you know, I there's think so. a movie that I wonder if it's available. Like What's that? A Man, a Man for, all for All Seasons. Well, I will look that up. I expect Dan's got to keep looking up his nerd stuff. That. Sorry about that. Yep. I, no worries. That's what you're supposed to do. Yep. That's your also job. got film editing. Which I really don't understand film editing, so I feel like I can't ever intelligently I think talk I, about that. I think I can sometimes see poor film editing, yeah. but it, I, I have trouble yeah. recognizing why one is better than the other. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're looking at the film editing, you're usually looking at the way that shots are stitched together. Uh, in this one, there were some good transitions where it was really like holding on a guy's face. While mm-hmm. it switched scenes, there wasn't any of the really interesting like snap cuts, which hopefully we'll get to see some of those because those mm-hmm. always make me happy. Right. Uh, where it's showing one thing and then it snap cuts to something else in the exact same place, mm-hmm. and this it just keeps going but in a completely different place. Uh, but like it, it definitely didn't win for film editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie called Grand Prix did, which I assume is uh, some kind of sports cars. And sports cars gotta have good editing if you want to make it look good. Uh, <laughs> yes, it was about some kind of sports cars, yeah, which is can be very boring. <laughs> yeah, unless it's well edited. Uh, Fantastic Voyage was also on there, which is the film that won for best special effects because because it was fantastic. Because it was the Fantastic Voyage. I mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so again, I don't think it was bad. I based on. What was going around for films at the time? I'm not surprised that this one was in the top five. I think in a bet, I think if this had been say one year earlier, it would have received like two nominations. Right. I think last. I think it dodged last year because being just a blowout of, of quality. Quality and this year films. Was, this year was just not as good. Right. Uh, and the last one, best costume design, which it did win for. I mean, the the, the costumes were definitely good 
they, they were fine costumes. They were period appropriate to 1967 19, people who worked at a small college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. They, I don't have a whole lot to say on it because they right. weren't like outstanding, incredible, interesting costumes. They I were just very correct. I wonder if that's why it, it, they made them that way. So you wouldn't focus on the clothes and pay attention to what the hell's going on. Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of it is if, if you've got something like costuming that then detracts from yeah. the well, rest of the well, film. Yeah, in, in Elizabeth Taylor's character, she's the only one who changed costumes. Yeah. At all. And she changed costumes twice. And she changed twice. Well, on mm. screen. Yeah. She she had three total she had three outfits and everyone else had one. I well, this definitely was a film where if they had shown up in fancy dresses, it would have looked weird because it wouldn't have been setting appropriate. Yeah, correct. I I'm a little surprised that it won for this, honestly, just because everything in it seems so darn competent. Maybe it was all Taylor. Maybe it was. Maybe the other ones were just terrible. Maybe the other ones were just terrible, and again, this was just the film was lucky it came out this year. So I don't know. This one would require more context, and we currently do not live in the year 1966, so therefore... And we... I was too little then. Yeah. And we don't generally watch all of the movies nominated for all of the awards. No, we do not have that kind of a time on our hands. I, If you will donate to us more money, we can do that for a living and just watch movies from the 60s. But no, we I, don't want that. We don't think we actually want to do that, no. no. We don't even beg for people to... Give us a thumbs up. No, we don't. Do it, but don't. (laughs) (laughs) But we don't do that. All right. Uh, Final synopsis. It's fine. If you want to... You want to watch an art film? If you want to watch an art film, there's worse options. And this is a pretty good option. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully next week we won't watch an art film and we can have a nice... Well, you already have it requested oh, I, from the I've library. I've already got a request. It is not an well, art film. It's not an art film. It's black and white, anyway. Uh, well, it doesn't matter if it's black and white anymore. And, yeah, in fact, we may one day watch another black and white movie like Chicago, I, Vice City, or The Pianist. The Artist? The Artist? Well, that was the Artist, The Pianist. Yeah. 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 There are some. Yeah. Modern, more well, modern films that were know, released in black like and Schindler's white. Schindler's List was mostly black and white. Yeah, well, that's true. That counts as I think they count that as they black count and white. that as black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But there's no there's no award. I mean, there's no. It's not a special. It's not a separate category, category so you have to be good on your own merits. That's right. And those films all were. All right. We want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby pointing us in the direction of quality filmmaking. Bye. Bye. Bye.